0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our special presentation on trading calendar spreads for income. Before we go, just a little bit of housekeeping. If you have any comments or questions, then you can put them into the chat or into the questions panel. I believe that's open also. You may be answered in voice or you may be answered in text, so keep an eye out for that. Also, anybody who's coming, putting stuff into chat, there's a two button on the chat. So right where you type in the chat, if you want it to everybody, you can put to everyone. By default, it's only to Steven and I and Sherry, I believe. So make sure you do that. Also, we have the quick disclaimer, I'll let you know the presentations for educational purposes only. When broker deal is our broker-dealers or financial advisors not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial and make sure you are aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also, note that on the presentation, we're demonstrating hypothetical computer simulated trading as a result. They're believed to be as accurately represented as possible. Keep in mind the live results can vary from similar results for many different reasons. Let's get going. My name is John Locke. I'm from LockingYourSuccess.com. I have our chief options trading instructor and mentor with us, Stephen Hammett. Hello, Stephen.
1: Hey, John. Welcome, traders.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, what I can tell everybody right now is that we, uh, Stephen and I, we're both very excited to share this wonderful information about calendar spreads with you today. So I have four things on the agenda. We're going to be doing a presentation about calendar spreads. We're going to show you some examples. For those of you who don't know, we do thewinningtrade.com. You go to thewinningtrade.com and I have a winning trade podcast and I show various examples. Our last winning trade, We did multiple examples of simple calendar strategy that I'm doing. And you can go there, you can check that out. But one of the examples I had, which is a little risky for me, right? Was an example of a trade that was open. And I told you I would let you know the results of that trade. So we'll do that on this webinar. And then there are some questions that were pre-posted in the forum and uh, obviously you guys may end up putting in questions or doing some chats and we'll answer those for you and as far as questions being answered we're probably going to wait for most of the questions until towards the end of the presentation and we'll answer them as time allows and so forth okay and then of course we have a special offer for you so uh, well first of all thank you everybody for saying hello and hello to everybody out there all right so what so I talk about here is, you know, I'm guessing that for a lot of you, this is probably not your first webinar about trading with calendar spreads. So the first thing I want to mention is that if you failed at gaining consistent profitability with trading these types of structures in the past, it's not necessarily your fault. There is a lot of misinformation out there about calendars. And I understand that can be very confusing to know what to believe. For example, you've probably been told things like, calendars will make money when implied volatility goes up, or that calendars are great for a hedge against implied volatility increases. Because if you look on your analytical graph, they're positive vega. So that being the case, it certainly sounds plausible, especially if it's coming from an educator. But I'm here to tell you that it's simply not true. The fact is that yes, sometimes calendars might make money with a rise in implied volatility. However, it would be just as common, if not more common for a calendar to lose money when implied volatility spikes in the market. Meaning that if you're depending on a calendar as an implied volatility hedge, or to make money when implied volatility goes up, you've got a problem. Now, this doesn't mean that the people who are telling you these things are lying to you. Um, It's more likely that the traders and educators who say these things are simply recycling information they've heard in the past that seems plausible without actually going and and verifying the information, meaning that they don't truly know the dynamics of calendar spreads, nor do they understand how to properly interpret what their analytical software is telling them. And unfortunately, if you do the same thing, if you put all your faith in information that seems plausible without personally verifying it, you're setting yourself to do damage to your trading account. The reality is that calendars are complex creatures, and there is so much information regarding calendars that is incorrect that many times following that information literally prevents you from achieving the success that you're looking for in trading the structure itself. This being the case, it makes sense that you may have had problems making money with consistency using calendars in the past. After all, you have know, been following some bad advice, but Stephen and I are here to fix all that. And we wanna let you know that you can make it as a trader and you can effectively utilize calendar spreads. You just need the right information and the right people to explain it to you. So realize that many people who sell trading programs and trading services, they want you to think that all you need to be successful is to find the right trading plan or find the right indicator they'll tell you all you need to do is backtest until you get it right. And then you can expect to follow the same set of rules all the time and you'll make money consistently for now and forever into the future. And that story sounds wonderful, right? We'd all like to believe that we can develop this holy grail indicator or strategy and as a result, we're hoping that we can confidently make money all the time through any conceivable situation simply by following a set of rules. And the funny thing is, yes, you know we can create this perfect strategy easy enough in backtesting. We can do it through fine testing, fine tuning, or, or form fitting our rules. And by doing so, we can make all the right dishes, all the right decisions at the right time in the past. But unfortunately, live trading in the future doesn't work that way. Making exceptionally high returns or even moderate returns in the live market consistently for long periods of time requires much more than a trade. Look, if there's one thing that uh, you should realize based on the last 10 years is that the markets change and that the markets change drastically. Not only do they shift back and forth between certain types of environments, but they also change in ways we've never experienced before. If you you know you look how the financial crisis in two thousand and eight changed markets, uh, the record low implied volatility that followed in two thousand thirteen. Right? we had this Brexit thing happen in two thousand sixteen. that had new things. We had this implied volatility event in uh, two, early two thousand eighteen that blew up uh, volatility products. It put Hedge funds out of business, right? These are products and hedge funds uh, that were designed and back tested by teams of highly educated people who were educated, you know, implied volatility experts and trading experts, and you know, also, you know, there were the hedge funds that blew up too, funds with long periods of success, and then there were was the second crash of two thousand eighteen, and. in that crash, we got a similar price movement, but implied volatility reacted completely different. Meaning that many of the things that people came up with in back testing to fix the problems of early 2018, they didn't work in late 2018 when the same price movement happened. And then of course we had COVID in 2020 and the record rally that followed. Um, realize that all these events had something in common. The market acted in ways it had never acted before. And if I can guarantee you one thing, it's that the markets will continue to do things it's never done before, including things we can't even fathom right now. This being the case, we cannot expect to form fit an indicator or set of rules to the past through backtesting, which is always the case, by the way. It's always the case. When we fine tune a strategy to perform well through backtesting, we are by definition form fitting the past. We cannot do that and expect those same rules to continue to perform the same way into the future regardless of what the context of the market might be, okay? Now, don't get me wrong. There are many, many great reasons to backtest. There are many great reasons to develop and utilize trading strategies. But using backtesting is evidence for developing confidence that you're going to get the same results in the future, which is what most traders do, Right? They do that and they fool themselves into thinking that an indicator or a rule set's going to make money consistently and forever into the future. That's not a good reason to backtest. Now, I know this may come as a shock for many of you because in the past, that's exactly what you've been told. You've been told, you know, rely on backtests, rely on rules and indicators to make money consistently rather than learning to understand what you really need to know. And that is understanding the positioning and context The positioning of the options strategies in the context of the market. And while it's true that you're, you know, if you're a beginner or even if you're an intermediate trader, backtesting and following rigid rules is indeed a necessary and useful learning exercise. It's also just as true that doing so with the expectation that that's all there is I follow a set of rules and I will make money consistently. That expectation is going to stop you from becoming a good and consistently profitable trader. That's right, you're testing and rule following. Once you reach a certain level of competency in the market becomes a problem. And very likely the reason that many traders experience inconsistency with their live results. Well, that's about to change because um, our objective with our presentation today for beginners is to drastically reduce the amount of time, money and effort it takes you to become profitable through understanding the dynamics of calendar spreads. And for our more advanced traders, our objective is to reveal the tools and understandings you need to effectively utilize calendars in your positive theta trading, and finally become consistently profitable as traders. Now, since we're here to help you, one of our goals in the next 60 minutes is to get you to realize that you cannot expect to achieve consistent results over long periods of time by simply following the exact same rules, regardless of the market, and regardless of the implied volatility conditions. In order to get those consistent results that you desire over long periods of time, you need to learn to identify and adapt. And in order to adapt, you need to develop a deep understanding of your positions based on market conditions. This essential understanding is the key to achieving those consistent results that. You want, and today we're going to further that understanding through working with calendar of spreads. So let's bring Stephen into this conversation. He's going to tell you, um, or dive into, I should say, some critical information you need to know in order to profit from calendar spreads, and tell you about our special calendar course that I developed exclusively for our pro traders. Now, when I developed the course, it was for our pro members only, and the reason I developed it was because I immediately saw there was going to be a tremendous opportunity to utilize calendar spreads to increase trading income in the post-COVID trading environment. And of course, I wanted our pro members to have the education required to take advantage of that. And did they ever? Did they ever? We had, uh, just to name a few people, we have Lee who developed a short-term double calendar trading strategy in the SPX. We have a uh, student, Alton, who developed a calendar trading strategy for earnings plays on stocks. Been doing very well. And then we have Paul, who utilized information in the program to build uh, the short term calendar strategy he demonstrated in our pro membership meetings. Uh, and after his phenomenal returns in 2021, his strategy has produced over 70% profits on planned capital in only the first two months of 2022. Um, I'm just, I'm really, really proud of these guys. So, anyway, listen up as Stephen and I share some useful information about calendars and some of the highlights of our calendar program as well. So, I'm going to bring Stephen in. Hello,
1: Stephen. Hey, John, you want me to take the ball?
0: Yeah, yeah, I want you to take the ball here and I'll review some of the questions we have.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, great great foundation, John. The calendar spreads is always an exciting topic because of all the different uh, trades and configurations and structures we talk about. This one's definitely, like you said, is a unique creature and often misunderstood. Um, and it can be dangerous if you don't really understand what you're doing. So when John developed this, uh, you know, like you said, he did it for the pros and I was kind of at this completely from the student perspective. So that's, keep that in mind as I go through this, when um, when we show you all the different things that we really need to think about, it's a lot deeper than I had ever really realized. So I first just wanted to make the comment about, you know, this a calendar relative to a broken wing butterfly, right? So these are the risk profiles of the two trade structures. And the first thing you have to understand is that the expiration lines in a calendar are not concrete. The software or your analytical model is trying to estimate what, uh, estimate what the expiration lines will be relative to what th- was going to happen into the back month. But again, it's just a guess. Whereas in a BWB uh, or any structure that has all the strikes in the same expiration cycle, those are firm, those are concrete. So it's also so having said that, it's not a matter of just if we're gonna choose between a BWB or a calendar, for instance, for whatever our next trade is gonna be. It's not a matter of just overlaying the two and comparing up here in the upper left quadrant, I have them overlaid and saying, okay, well, I've got a certain range with um, the calendar. Uh, let me compare that to what's happening in the BWB or so on and so forth. It's really just not that simple. The tent may or may not stay the same. It may not have the same coverage in the calendar as it would in the BWB. Again, it's just not as concrete and as simple as that. It's not, you know, this is kind of the way calendars were introduced to me, right? Like, it's like, okay, we wanna sell premium in the front cycle and we're gonna defend it with a long strike in the back cycle. I mean, you talk about oversimplifying, there is, uh, so much more to understand and keep track of and, and recognize it's really a, a sort of 4D chess, if you will, when it comes to calendars. Um, and so, you know, it really, a lot of it comes down to knowing your time premium, that extrinsic value and the relationship between the front and the back month. Let's talk about trading edge. You know, trading edge t- statistically is expressed as positive expectancy. And as John was saying, The the markets change, they go through seasons. Therefore, obviously edges that you find in the market, trades that are working will change as well. And we have to have the ability to adapt to that. And calendars can really be a great way to um, either actualize that edge, meaning if the environment is really good for calendars, then we can use those as standalones or as an adjustment. Uh, in various ways with our trading, but also when calendars are not working or they're not advantageous, that also gives us market information to help us find where we can find edges in the market and flow and change with the markets, as John demonstrated all those different periods of time when the markets have changed on us. So it's our job to find out when those edges change and where that edge has gone to. And so that's really a, a different way of just saying what John said before um, in that you just, you're just you not going to just get one holy grail trade and trade it forever and ever and it's going to always win and always be consistent. Okay, let's talk about what's in this course. Originally, uh, when John first came out with the, the series, it was a seven-part series with five hours, but he added what I think is really some of the best uh, bonus content to this program. So now it's a nine part video series with over seven hours of training. You added two hours of uh, training to this program, which was around using calendar spreads as an adjustment tactic with broken wing butterflies. And of course you can use it with any structure, but that's a, a very common methodology that people, uh, use And so, and it's not just about using counters above the BWB, it's about using as an adjusted strategy below the market, which you won't see uh, in very many other places. Um, it, there's a huge deep dive. I mean, this is the heart and soul of the course into the calendar dynamics and really pulling apart the different components, time, implied volatility the front expiration cycle, the back expiration cycle strikes, and understanding how the changes in the market are gonna impact the position and the behavior of that position. And of course, we, he John goes through all the different types of uh, tactics, um, the ways you can adjust the strat, uh, this calendar spread. And he also points out some different ways of how you can construct your own trades. Reverse calendars there's a whole section on reverse calendars if that's something that you wanted to develop and work on. And you know, it's really I just on this stain right here, it's really the point I want to make here, it's so much more than just well we're in backwardation and I'm throwing a calendar on. I mean, John, how many times have we heard heard that? Now, right. Sometimes <laughs> that is good. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not, it depends, right? And we'll talk about what those factors are a little bit later, but you know, you need seven hours of <laughs> video content to go b- beyond just saying, hey, we're in backwardation, I'm gonna throw a calendar on. Um,
0: right, I mean, people often have very general questions to things that require a lot of specific um, facts to answer properly, yeah. right? And, yeah. Because and they, 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 they don't even know what to ask. Right. You get questions right. like, well, you know, what's a good environment for a calendar? And it's just like, well, mm-hmm. the, the there are so many details that go into that that you can't you can't give an answer like, oh, well, high volatility is a good, a good time. Right.
1: Whatever. Yeah. There's just not a direct rote answer to those kinds of questions. They're good questions and they're questions that I've had and I'm sure John had. I know, John, when you told the story when you first got into calendars, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase, but. You went in, I think you were trading, you had a full-time job and you'd put on like 30 positions and run and check them at lunch and then run and check them at the end of the day. But you were observing the behavior and you're like, well, the, 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 you know this educator of this book that whatever I'm using about options keeps telling me that these calendars are positive Vega and that's not how they're necessarily always behaving. So observation, actually getting in the field, so to speak, And looking at how these things behave is how uh, John was able to really gain this kind of understanding. So going back to the program series, it's divided up into um, four main sections and then the fifth section is is the bonus. So I guess you call it five sections. And the first section really dives into the dynamics and drivers of calendars. And we touched on that a little bit earlier um, about Particularly how the front cycle and back cycle strikes, the interplay and how they relate with each other, looking at the horizontal and vertical skew, how that impacts the calendar behavior. You know, it's not just about raw VIX or RVX, right? It's about the implied volatility of the front cycle shorts, uh, relative the relative um, DTE or days to expiration, the spread between those two. Uh, and like we said, that the skews, the horizontal, horizontal, excuse me, and the verticals, and what to look for. So there's a huge, huge component in, in implied volatility that I think is critical for the I mean, to me, that was the, the, the meat and potatoes of the whole thing is how the implied volatility, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, impacts the trades. And again, it's not just about backwardation or whether that's changing or coming or going, uh, only, although those, those are important to note. Adjustment tactics. This is what I have in the boxes to, to the right, right? So you could put on this trade a calendar spread and as a no touch, right? No mm-hmm. adjustment, enter, let it go. Your entry, you know, you're going to set up your entry risk. John talks about how, how you can determine what that needs to be because, like we said, uh, what your software or uh, modeling software says is your risk may or may not be the case. Uh, for buying a calendar. Obviously, we know what, have an idea of what that is, but that's one way to trade them. Um, You can use diagonals to adjust your calendars. Um, You can use diagonals if you're going to adjust your BWBs. Obviously, that's going to give you some delta correct, excuse me, delta correction could right, And that would
0: include using using maybe verticals to make a diagonal out of yeah. calendar too,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Whether you're overlaying it in a diagonal to a calendar or just using verticals on the front month or the back month, which would result in a diagonal. Exactly. Good point John. Um, and then also knowing when you need to back out of a calendar, right? And maybe convert the position into a butterfly or a BWB. Maybe you're trying to mitigate uh, an IV crush or a major change in the implied volatility that you that you see coming in the market through other analysis um, and other other changes uh, according to your technical analysis. Um, and then as far as adjustments, also there's the bonus section, which is really fantastic. If, if you're trading broken wing butterflies, which is really uh, popular in one of our core. Positions, how you can use calendars, especially in these favorable environments, to get more range expansion in your trades, to get the delta to correction, to boost theta, stabilize your T plus zero, so on and so forth. And then, of course, John also goes through how how we can develop a reasonable planned capital, profit targets, our max loss, um, and what change how our change in expectations drive the decisions that we're going to make. So that gives you.
0: yeah, I realize too, Stephen. Is is there's so many people who ask me about implied volatility, and there's a lot of stuff about implied volatility in this uh, this course. And and you know, I I didn't even put that out there as much, but I've had students who taken the course and they said this is the best explanation of implied volatility that they've had. Um, yeah. And you know, understanding you know both for broken wing butterflies, condors, and uh, calendar strategies. I mean, understanding implied volatility is critical. So.
1: Yeah, it really is. And it's it's the calendar spread is is a great learning tool to understand that, because, you know, it's one thing to understand sort of vertical skew. When you get into horizontal skew, it can be uh, a little bit of a different animal. And the way John pulls apart all, all the components in this course, it really like you said, let's say you don't ever trade calendars, calendar spreads. You could still greatly benefit from this course because of the of the understanding you'll walk away with from implied volatility and how it how it behaves and how it behaves differently in each expiration cycle. You know we've got all we've got weeklies and monthlies in the Russell and I believe I don't know we I think we have some midweeks now, but certainly it seems like in the SPX you have an expiration for almost every day of the darn week, right? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, monthly, quarterly, and so. Implied volatility and skew and all those things are going to impact those expiration cycles differently at any given time. Absolutely. Common questions. I mean, we, we all have these questions probably sometimes that's related to any trades, but specifically to calendars. We always get the, you know, these are always positive vega, right? They behave as positive vega trades. Well, you know, yes and no. That, that depends, and we'll talk about that uh, again a little bit more later. But these are the questions as a student that I certainly had when John came out with this program. Um, you know, understanding why are they working well? What are the impacts of SKU on the position? Uh, understanding that the breakeven lines expand and contract throughout the campaign and how critical it is to understand what market generated information is that giving me if we get an expansion That tells me one thing. If we get a a shrinking, so to speak, of the expiration lines in the calendar spread, what is that telling me? So these these are all critical things that John goes through in detail in the program to help answer these questions. Are these pretty similar to the questions that you continue to get, John? Oh yeah, we get these continue you know
0: um, time after time. And again, you know, it depends on your education level. If you're Highly educated with calendars, you, you kind of know what the right questions are to ask. But if you if they're new to you, you're not going to know the right questions to ask. And if you don't ask the right questions, you know the quality of our answers is directly related to the quality of our questions. And if we're right, right. If, if we're doing you know generalistic questions, we're not going to do well.
1: So yeah. yeah. So I got a couple of more slides I'll go through, and then I think John, um, I'll turn it back to you because you let uh, our
0: yeah yeah. Why do that before you get into the examples, right? So you get the examples yeah. out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to show this. This. This one. I, I want. I always like to drive home. You know, can can a calendar spread profit if IV is consistently dropping? It's a positive Vega trade, right? Well, let's look at um, the arrows I have drawn. This is the SPX, and the lows that you see on this chart is the COVID crash, and the market aggressively mm-hmm. went up, and the implied volatility is really high at the bottom of the COVID crash, but it consistently dropped. implied volatility is consistently dropping, market going up. This was, bar none, the best period for calendars. I mean, now John had showed several examples during this this time in some of his webinars, but um, guys like uh, traders that are in the pro membership, like David Heinzen and Paul Bunch and others, just hit complete home runs with calendars during this period. And if you were just Looking at this chart, you'd say, no way. You know, implied volatility is dropping. The market's going up. So there's so much more to understand that it's not just about um, raw implied volatility in its direction. It's not just a a positive egg trade. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. Now, this is is a little video that I made of a trade. Um, It's actually a real trade. And there's an event. I think it's the... 2020 election so this is the let me set the scene so this is the day before the 2020 election got a calendar mm-hmm. on this is the end of the day um, the day before the event and put the trade on right-hmm or it's it's uh, down at the bottom of the tent maybe you have a view maybe you don't but the point is is I want people to watch as we go intraday with this trade the behavior of the calendar as the uncertainty in the market comes into the place. So let me play this. So this is Monday the 2nd, and then we're gonna flip into Tuesday the 3rd, which is the the, the election is that night, right? Mm-hmm. So the calendar's up, 1,000 bucks at the center of the tent. It's doing really great, um, nothing to really do planning on holding this trade. Wow, something something's kind of changing as we get late in the day, right? The trade is in the center of the tent and it's gone from up a thousand to down $2,000 and we're sitting about as perfect as you could be. Now, if you don't understand calendars and you don't understand the dynamics of what's happening, You're probably going to get spooked and get out of this trade, right? Because this thing could lose even more money. I mean, John talks about there's other structures out here that can certainly lose money under the tent, but this is a special situation that you have to understand what's going on. Is it something happening to, I mean, certainly we know it's implied volatility, right? But is it happening in the front month? Is it the back month? Is it both? Is the software not working? Right. You know, I mean, this could cause quite a bit of panic because you went from thousand dollars up to two thousand dollars down, a three thousand dollar flip in a couple of hours. So let's right. see what. Right. I mean, that that mm. is could be quite upsetting to most traders. So let me play the rest of this trade, and it's going to go intraday into the following day, and let's watch how the trade behaves as the news and the event and the catalyst passes. So now we're into the next day. Trade's still under the tent. It immediately pops back up. The market hasn't really moved much. Yeah, it's back down. But as you can see where the um, cluster of green dots are, those are, those where trades are happening. So you can see how, the height, the width, the T plus zero line, how, how much it's changing throughout this trade. And you yes, went Steve. from down. Yeah. Right. And just 24 hours. This is just the next day. So you went from up $1,100 the prior day, intraday to down 2000 by the end of that day. And then the following day, obviously you could take your pick of where you want to exit. If you held the trade at the end of the day, you were up $2,500. Right, so that's right. a very different outcome. That's a f- from, you were down 2,000, now you're up, so to $4,500 change. So if you understand the dynamics and what's happening, you don't have to get, uh, let fear take over. And, and not under, you know, a lot of people say, I don't know what's going on. I'm just gonna get out and get flat, get my head clear. Which, you know, in some cases, that's not a bad thing to do. But if you understand what's happening, in this trade, you can make $2,500 on $12,000 of margin and just stay with the trade. And it was just in two days. So this is a case of knowing your trade, knowing what's happening, knowing the environment and knowing if what's happening in the trade is a real concern or not. Now Mm. in the program, John's going to show you that that could also happen and it is concern and you do need to get out of the trade or otherwise mitigate or convert or do something to the trade. So you know, this I thought was a really neat example of how understanding the trade could keep you in and get you successful. Did you have any comments on that, John?
0: Yeah, no, if if you yeah, if you understand if your profit and loss is just going up and you don't know why, it's kind of it's like you said, it's kind of (laughs) intimidating. You're not sure what's going on, especially if you have a big trade on. But if you really understand what's going on and you know why the the PL is drawn down and the position. And or if it's up a lot for that matter, too, if you understand the context of what's going on, then, you know, you have the confidence to either hold it or maybe you might want to jump out of it because maybe it's going the other way. Right.
1: So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So why don't I hand it back to you, John? Uh, I'll pause my presentation. You can tell the folks about the. The, yeah, uh, so I'm just going to quickly tell you
0: guys about the program that we have, and then we're going to get into the examples and so forth. So let me just yeah. quickly do that. With this class here, we answer all the common questions that I'm usually asked over and over again when it comes to calendar style trades. We explain thoroughly the myths and realities associated with calendars, the intrinsic value composition, and the dynamics that make up calendar cost and tent width, the what determines the price of the calendar, the reasons for shifts in your expiration line, the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic delta and value shift. We teach you how to determine which options are responsible for position value shifts, the dynamics that create and shift implied volatility, horizontal and vertical skews, the most important questions to answer or ask when considering entering a calendar spread trade. We talk about how implied volatility enters and exits the options chain, which is extremely important, especially when it comes to calendars. We detail the conditions when calendars are likely to lose money with implied volatility increases, uh, conditions when calendars are likely to make money with implied volatility increases, when to avoid being in calendars, understanding how analytical software projects your expiration line for your calendar or your diagonal trade. We show you how to set up profit expectations, profit targets, maximum loss targets on trades, how to evaluate adjustment strategies, how to keep capital under control, and uh, multiple calendar adjustment strategies. There are also examples of winning and losing calendar trades with a complete, complete breakdown of the decision process that we're using for these items. And of course, We also have double calendars, triple calendars, reverse calendars, calendars as adjustments on broken wing butterflies and broken wing butterfly positions that you can add to calendars to help things. And there's just so much information in this and and good learning in this. It's crazy. There's nine videos over seven hours of instruction. And again, it's specifically on calendars and utilizing those calendars. So the normal retail price for the program is $12.95. Basic members, we're having a sale, $200 off, $1,095. Go in trading performance members, only $9.95. And if you're a pro member, it's only $8.95. And to get those, I'll show you how quickly how to do that. And then we'll bring Stephen in. Go to lockingyoursuccess.com, trading courses. This is a trading performance course. It's not a trading strategy course, a trading performance course, how to best utilize calendar spreads. And you can come in here and you can uh, just choose your membership level that you are, and you can buy it through there. Or you can come to our pro member. If you're a pro member or go member, you come into the community, and then you can just go to your uh, discounts page, and it's going to pop up on your discounts page, and you can uh, can buy it there. So uh, also worth note here, I just want to jump in and talk about thewinningtrade.com. If you want to see the example of the winning trade that I'm going to be showing you later, uh, you want to see the whole trade is in three other ones. There's an example here. And there's also another example on calendar spreads on episode 51, I believe here, which is a different uh, strategy, but the same as far as uh, utilizing calendars, it is the same. And that's what I have. So I'm going to throw Stephen back on.
1: Thanks for sharing that, John. We're getting some questions in the chat. Uh, I assume we want to wait till the end to address.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a quick question which is very relevant to this. What year was the course produced? It was was produced 2020, right? So would it be examples in the class were that? And then of course we did the update last year, which is uh, just last year. So uh, all in the new implied volatility environment. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay, great. Let me...
0: And we do have a whole bunch of questions. But we'll get into the questions after the examples. Okay. Let's do Mythbusters. Right. So,
1: Sounds good. You know, we get these common myths, right? Calendars are strictly positive, Vega. Calendars get hurt when IV contracts. The overall calendar cost drives success. Well, the answer to all those questions is not binary. It depends, it depends, it depends. And with implied volatility, it comes down to rates of change. At what rate of change is the implied volatility coming into the market? Is it spiking into the market? Is it coming out of the market quickly? Is it coming in or out of the market slowly? Uh, These trades can certainly behave as negative beta trades. And a lot of times that's my experience. That's my favorite behavior in this trade is when it acts like it's a negative beta trade, right? So knowing and understanding these things and understanding that it's about trade-offs is really critical. So the answer to these things that a lot of people uh, treat as truth is it depends. We want to bust those myths, right? Um, th- this was an analogy that John made that really hit home for me in the program. And if you think of how how implied volatility enters the market, and I say that again, how does implied volatility enter the market is critical. It's not just about, well, the VIX is up or the RBX spiked or both both of them crashed or crushed. It's more specifically about how, if you have implied volatility coming into the expiration cycles, is it coming into it uniformly across all expirations in the front? Say the first five, you know, five, six, seven, whatever, if you've got a bunch of weeklies, is it only coming in to the market? When I say coming in, is it only impacting or changing the implied volatility of the expiration cycles just in the first few cycles? say maybe it's just the front weekly or the front two weeklies, um, you know. which is to say, is it coming into the market in various ways and is it leaving the market in various ways? So if you think of it like a wave, so let's say that you've got a big wave that's coming in, um, coming into the beach, it's cresting, that's the implied volatility coming into the expiration cycles, right? And how deep and how far that implied volatility rate of change comes into the cycles is critical to successfully trading these calendars. And then how, you know, when a wave comes in it crashes on the beach, and then it goes back out into the ocean. That rate of change of how implied volatility or skew recedes back out of the expiration cycles is really critical.
0: And so, yeah, you know what, you know, Stephen? David uh, just sent us a chat. He's one of the owners of the course. He says, How implied volatility enters the market on each leg is one of the best takeaways that I got from the course. He was hugely valuable in my trading.
1: Great. So it's I, that's, extremely important. Yeah, It's critical. This is when the light bulb went off for me because I was like, Yeah, I kind of get it. It's a change. And then you think, Oh, it's like a wave. And so that really is the crux of the matter. Um, and if you can understand that, and of course, John goes in extreme detail on that. It really starts to open up the possibilities and understanding of how this this spread behaves. Um, I'm not going to go into big detail on this, but John goes through the you know the typical four Ws about anything, right? The what, the why, the how, and the when. You kind of look at this um, all the critical components that we have to consider. Um, you know, when does the calendar win or lose? What are its strengths and weaknesses? What do we need to do with contango and backwardation? Uh, when is the m- most ideal time to buy, avoid, best time to adjust? All the questions you could ever imagine are covered in the program. And if, if, if you m- have figured out a way to come up with a question that's been asked, Put it in the forums. Send John an email. Send me an email. We will we will address it. We'll get your questions. Right, because we have
0: a calendar form that you have
1: access to if you buy the
0: class, and you can you can ask questions in there. And and I've been known to come up with complete updates and 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 whatever. If somebody yeah somebody has a question or something that's not covered in the program, I mean I, I'm I'm interested in updating it, right. And, uh, making sure everything's current. So
1: right. Yep. So, it, you know, I, I just kind of want this, this slide. I show this because this is a very misunderstood uh, spread calendars, right? And there's so many components to it. It's like the planets, right? Or it's like some sort of 3D model. There are lots of different variables that are uh, impacting the calendar spread. And that's what you really have to understand. And that's why, it, you know, these trades can be extremely effective, but if you don't understand them, they can be quite dangerous as well. So there's there's, m- Uh, a multi-layered level of dynamics that we really have to know. Um, Quick slide on from the course itself. And you can see the the detail that John goes through of pointing out the structure, uh, all the important components you need to consider, what they mean, how to create uh, your risk reward profile or not profile, but how to analyze it and look at the different things. So that gives you a little quick sneak peek of the uh, internal landscape of of the calendar and how John goes through that in the course. Uh, And then we talked about the bonus content, right? Which talks about the calendars with the BWBs, short-term calendars, uh, the COVID crash trade example is in there. We talk about reverse calendars. So all all sorts of great content there. And now I wanted to go over, I got two examples, John. One's gonna be a short-term SPX calendar and another one's gonna be a long longer term calendar in the Russell. This is February of this year. This is what I call a 1421 calendar, which is to say the front month is 14 DT, the back month is 21. So there's only seven days between these. But knowing that this is a great environment for calendars, um, you know, I don't need to have the back month. For my analysis, that I see, you know, 30, 60, 70 days out. Obviously, that's going to add a ton of capital to the trade. So, understanding that, I can I can better deploy my capital and still get the returns that I want. So, in this trade, we're going to use a planned capital of 20,000. The entry capital is 14,000. So, you'll see as we adjust the trade, the uh, the capital that's in the trade is going to change. I'm going to use a 15% profit target, which for calendars, that's some some would say is, is uh, low, uh, but there's large price movement going on in the market in this particular time. So I'm going to try to scalp this trade rather than try to hold on for the, for the bigger winners. Uh, There's a 150 point range from uh, upside expiration break-even to the downside, which sounds like a lot, but with the market moving as much as it is, it's not necessarily (laughs) as much as you would think. Um, And to further set the scene, this is just after the January 24th, so-called capitulation low, uh, which at the time, a lot of people felt like, you know, that was it. The market's not going to not going to go down anymore. Um, and so I'm going to use. A, um, yeah, so the profit targets is going to be three thousand and we're going to allow a max loss of about twenty five percent, about five thousand um, could go a little bit higher, but I don't really want to give back any more than that. So let's just go through this day by day. If O&E wants to go forward. Okay, so we had a big move down, immediately draws the trade down. We're at the edge of the tent. I'm going to roll the tent, roll the uh, whole structure down to try to stay up with the market. We'll go to the next day. You see everything, John?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I was answering some questions online. No but, worries. Um, yeah, so, right, so you put this trade on and you put it on with the with the thought that the, um, right, with a certain context. Yeah. And your adjustment strategy on this particular one is going to be to roll the, roll the tent?
1: Yeah, to roll it. We're gonna try to keep up with it, try to s- scalp some profits out of it um, just because we're getting lots of movement in the market. Now, there's certainly other ways uh, that you could manage this trade and John will obviously go with that in the program. you can by moving and I'll show you the other example we use a different um, adjustment tactic. but this quote unquote adjustment tactic is going to be to pick it up and, and move the position. But as you can see we're getting pr- hit pretty hard. We've moved down pretty aggressively um, and we're just staying with staying with the trade. We haven't hit any uh, max loss numbers or obviously haven't hit any any reason to exit. So we'll just keep going with the trade. no trade today. Now, you can see, if you wait to the end of this day, I've only been in this trade five days, I'm at a profit target that I can probably take. Um, You'd probably be pretty patient with this, but you could see how quickly this thing recovered just by staying with it. The market was calm, it was a 10-point day. When the market finally calmed down from going uh, all over the yard, so to speak, the value can really come into this trade. now you could hold this trade or if you didn't feel like you got your profit target for a little longer, I'm just gonna play, this is the next day and then I'm gonna play in 15 minute increments to two days after that and just let people see how the trade trades, see, see how it's developing as time goes by. There's plenty of ample opportunity to get that 3,000, maybe even north of $3,000 exit there. Um, But it's also something you don't wanna play with, right? You're at the top of the hill. John always talks about that. You're at the top of the hill, you got your profit target, take the money and run. Um, Because if you do hold this trade, I believe a little later, you could let your profits run away from you. Uh, Yeah, and it starts to draw down later in the day. So example of of a quick scalp, short-term trade, um went really bad early wasn't at our profit uh per or excuse me our loss parameter so we just stay with the trade and it it worked out just fine that's an example of rolling yeah and that's an example of rolling now i want to go to the russell trade and i gotta pull it up on the correct day, stay with me if you would. Okay, let me set the scene for this trade. This is a longer term, The front month is 44 days, the back month is here at 71 days. So obviously more time, um, starting with more time and then also more time between the two strikes. Now in this particular trade, um, I'm trying to play a range. The market had, this is in the Russell. So the, the Russell has taken out these lows here. And so my expectation is it's going to develop right, a, a new lower range, right? And, and, and stay below this level here is, is the hope, right? So we'll see how that gets challenged and how we can deal with this. And the adjustment strategy here is going to be to use verticals in the front month and in the back month. Um let me, let me set the stage further. So the profit target on this trade, obviously there's more um, capital in this trade. Mm-hmm. The entry capital is 20,000. We use a plan capital of 35,000 and we're going to shoot for a profit target of 10,000. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to use a little bit of a bearish tilt. Again, if the market comes back and develops a new range down here and wants to come challenge this 2100, 2150 area, we're going to try to maintain some negative Delta because our expectation is that market's going to get rejected there. So let me go adjustment to adjustment on this. I got to learn how to do these like John, you do the click the ignore button first and then go to the trade.
0: So this is,
1: yeah, it's a lot easier to follow. So this is seven days into the trade. We're at the uh, edge of the tent. This is somewhat subjective of how you, you want to determine when you want to move the trade or roll the trade. Um, in this particular instance, um, it's moved quite a distance. It's to what I feel like is the edge of the trade. And I want to reset this. And then I'm going to roll this as if we're starting the trade over. Note, notice that with the move down to the corner of the tent, we still are, are up some money. So did just immediately draw down. So let me go to the next adjustment. Oops, let me hit unignore. So now we're 20 days into the trade. The market is moving up towards the um, that resistance area or what we feel like is resistance. It's also getting to the edge of the tent. I'm taking on a little bit more negative delta than I want. So I'm going to do an adjustment. I believe I move some of the front. Yeah, I put that up too high. So what I did is I took half of the front month shorts and then moved them to cut my Delta. So let me show that again. I went from negative 41 Delta, took a little bit out and cut it down to 29 Delta. Oops, did it again. Okay, so now the market has moved up again. I think this is the next day. We've been in the trade 21 days. Got a nice value pop. We are at the edge of the tent now. Normally, if you're going to use just a a strategy where you're going to roll and keep everything centered, you'd probably roll this. But this is that situation where we're coming back up to retest. You could say this wick low here. What is that about 2,100? Then my expectation is going to get rejected and come back down. So I want to maintain some negative delta, but also don't want to lose the trade to the upside. So I'm going to balance that analysis off by taking out some negative. Delta yeah, if by open that moving that 10 strike 10, ten yeah. points yeah so I'm moving the front by twenty points yeah yeah so what it was yeah yeah exactly so we're f- from fifty five negative delta to thirty five and got some good gains in here certainly not anywhere near our profit target but it's doing fine even though we got the market moving aggressively in both directions I'm going to figure out the ignore here in a minute so kind of a similar situation now. As we're still up near what I feel like is resistance, the 2100 area, we haven't totally backed off from it. We backed off once, and now it looks like it wants to come challenge it again. There's a big risk that it's going to take out that 2100 because so we got rejected once. We're putting in a, a bit of a cup and handle, so one could argue, you know, you're pretty close to your profit target. You could take it, or you could stay with the trade. Um, what I'm, what I do is I try to take a little bit of Um, capital out of the trade and take some delta out, flatten that delta out in case it in case the market does take off. Just so people see how that changes. And what I did, this was a back month adjustment. The back month is here before adjustment, after adjustments here. So I made a delta adjustment by moving it and flattening that out a little bit. All right, let's do ignore trade here. Okay, so the market did back off, came back into our tent. Now, had we rolled on top of this, this would not have been a very favorable move to our position. So this is uh, shows you how, if you're a subjective trader, staying with your trade plan can be quite rewarding. And we didn't get a big value pot necessarily. So that might be some MGI, some information that I'm getting from the market. Um, I'm at 24 delta moving towards the 10. It could hold this position, but again, I went into this with a bearish tilt. So I wanna take a little bit of that positive delta out. And I do that by again, with moving the front month strikes to achieve that. We're at 31,000. Our plan capital is 35. Let's go to the next adjustment um mild move down again not got another thousand dollars not a huge pop at this point i would start to expect a little bit more um got some positive delta you could hold this again bearish tilt so i want to take a little bit of that out moving the front the front cycle shorts to take a little of the positive delta out flat it out We're getting close, John. Okay, Oh, that sounds good. And then on this day, we get the move down. So our technical view is really working out. And so we're just trying to stay with the trade, level out our risk reward, not necessarily go flat Delta, but be in a position that we're not boxed in if we get an aggressive move down or boxed in if we get aggressive move up. You can certainly take the trade off here. Been in the trade for 34 days, you're close to profit target. I stayed with it, moved the front shorts down again to take out a little bit of the Delta. Um, I may have moved the back month as well because we took a lot of capital out. I may have done that on the previous trade, but as you can see, the margin has, I've cut that in half. And the big driver behind that is I'm really close to a profit target. And I don't wanna continue to carry $30,000 of risk in the trade. Are the 30 right 000. now how did
0: you cut that back by
1: reducing your yeah let maybe? me go to the I believe it was the previous oh wow let's yeah so this day go back to February 18 we're at 31,000 I do a delta so I moved the back forward I went from here to here, and that strictly takes out capital. And then that's at this point in the trade, I was at 7,800. And again, that's where I wanna say, hey, you know what, I'm pretty close to the, the profit target. Let me start taking risk off the table. But I also adjusted for Delta correction, the front. So I did both, makes sense.
0: Yep, yep, that makes sense Yeah. you rolled in time and you rolled uh, right. you moved uh, location, yep
1: so we'll go back to that day. Same concept, cutting a little bit of the Delta, flattening it out. Um, Let's see on the 24th, I don't know if I have another, yeah. One more adjustment and then it becomes trader's choice. So now we're getting a little bit of a move down away from the center of the tent, got some positive Delta. Um, more than I certainly was holding before. Still not quite at par- profit target. So we make one more adjustment. Pretty aggressive. I moved these all the fronts down 20 points. And just look at the chart real quick. You can see we're we're kind of breaking down. The expectation is we're going to go challenge prior lows.
0: Yeah, the Russell's been very predictable with its ranges this year, and that's been really helpful. So.
1: Yeah. And so I'm going to play this from here out and show you uh, because on the next day, there are multiple opportunities to get out of this trade. Pretty pretty good move there. As you can see, just if you wanna watch the PL as well as how the, you can see how the T plus airline is changing. There's your profit target. There's your profit target. These are 15 minute increments. So plenty of opportunity to get out of this trade and, and um, move on to the next opportunity. But it is interesting as you play this throughout the day, how much it changes, right? The uh, right. the shape, and that goes back to what we were talking about originally, uh, understanding that these things are not fixed. Um, but again, nice trade, it doesn't always work out that way. There's certainly other trades where you max loss out, that happens, but when you understand you're in a, a quality environment, you put the next trade right back on and you can make that money right back. So, um that's the two examples that I have. And this gives you an idea of trading them in the SPX and the Russell, both short-term and long-term and using different adjustment tactics.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Stephen. So what uh, that, that was great. So what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna show you the winning trade example that I had. Uh, let me get my screen up. And I'm just gonna explain a little bit of background here. So. If you go to the winning again you can you can uh, see this uh, in, t- in its entirety I, I what I did on the winning I showed all the trades from the beginning of the year till now um, starting I think we started on December 31st but this is uh, the, the setup that we're using and I'm just going to go actually let me just go to the beginning of this one here um, which is here. So this is uh, one of the calendar strategies that we, that I like to use in um, really choppy markets. Uh, It's essentially a 15 day trade. I have a very narrow spread. There's only two or three days between the spreads. And there there are advantages to doing that. There's disadvantages to doing that. And the advantage is usually, you don't get a lot of capital in it. an advantage is they usually have good risk reward ratios and advantages the implied volatility in the front, in the back cycle react relative to the same. So, you know, Stephen just showed a, uh, a calendar trade that had um, what's 44 days to expiration and then 77 days to expiration is a lot of distance between the two strikes and the implied volatility in those strikes because they're so far apart in time can react very, very differently from each other. And that's a it could be a benefit. It could be a risk in a calendar, but you know that's you know if you don't want that uh, a two-day spread, they react pretty similar. It's not the same. They still have a difference between the two, but they're much more similar than something that's thirty days apart. So, you know, I do like to do some narrow spreads for that reason. And um, when you do these trades, you want to you want to um, treat them differently, depending on the type of environment you're in. If you're in a trending environment, there's a certain type of adjustment strategy that tends to work well. If you're in a chop environment, like where we've been in most of this year, um, that same adjustment strategy is not gonna work well anymore. You have to pick another type of adjustment strategy. So part of this is just understanding the type of market that you're in. Um, What this does is basically what we're doing here is we're starting, uh, here in this position, about 15 days to expiration. And again, there's examples of this from the beginning of the year. The first couple of trades lost and part of the reason they lost is because we were in a more trending environment earlier on but now we've gone to this chop environment and something like this tends to do really well. So um, what we're doing is we're really not moving the base area of the tent. So you know, we're here at 4,300 we will move some short strikes around, or I, I think we're doing, short, in this example, I think we're doing short strikes. We will move some short strikes around, but we're not going to take pick up the calendar and move it like you saw Steven do. Um, and we're, what we're doing is we're, we're risking a little to make a lot. So if you look at the reports for this trade from the beginning of the year, for example, um, they're all in this account if it comes up. this one here you know if you were to look at the the analysis of this we had a couple of losing trades that uh, start out the year you can see we dropped down a little bit but then we came into the winning trades you know we win what 50 or 80% of the trades but the difference is the winners come in like your average winner is $14,000 for example your average loser is $1,000 right so you get that kind of risk reward ratio you don't have to have you don't have to have uh, you know, 90% win rate at that point because you're going to make money over time. So that's the type of dynamics that we're looking for when we're trading this way. Um, our adjustment strategy is basically, we're going to enter here and if the market moves a certain amount, a little bit of subjectivity in here, but if it moves a certain amount, our objective in the direction it's moving is we want to get our maximum loss down to around $2,500, $2,000. And from there, we're just going to wait the market out and see if it comes back before we expire. Um, If we get whipsawed the other way, we exit the trade. Okay, so in other words, we're just doing what we can to not realize any large amount of risk in this, while giving us the ability to make a lot of money. Okay, so um, basically, let's just go trade for trade here. And again, you saw the start of this in the winning trade. We ended up having a well, if we can get my um, software, there we go. So we end up having a down move. Um, these gain money relatively quickly if things go well. We actually had a 114 point down move uh, because these are close together. By the way, you're generally going to get a. These are going to react more positive. More, they're going to be more reliable as a. Uh, they're going to more reliably act positive vega when you get the spreads really close. They're less reliable. Enacting its positive when you get the spreads far apart. So, here um, we've got some money. We're starting to take. A, you know, we're starting to push our downside a little bit. So, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start reducing the risk down in case the market keeps going. Again, I don't want to lose too much. So, um, I'm going to come in here and I'm just splitting my strike, flatten my delta out. If I get whipsawed, if I get whipsawed slowly, I'm generally going to hold it. Right? But if I get whipsawed hard here, I'm generally out. So um, that's what we have there. And go the next day it goes down a little bit more, Right, no need to do anything here, but you can see my risk here is down about $3,000 if it continues to go. And if it does continue to go, we'll make another adjustment. Uh, this was what we look like by the end of day on the winning trade. I wouldn't call this whipsaw to the other side, but we get up into this range here, You know, we're out. Um, that's looking fine, we're at 1500. If we go to Thursday, the following day we back out a little bit, then we push back to the downside again. And it's the same thing. We're starting to push our downside and delta is getting a little high, and if we get a big move because we're getting pretty close to expiration, you know, we're gonna get knocked out of this thing. So um, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna take this and I'm going to move it down. And the criteria that I usually use on whether to make this move or not is I don't wanna shift my delta. So in other words, if I, uh, I take this off, and I'm positive 18. If I make this shift using half the strikes, right? Um, minus five. I'm still I'm still positive delta. If that shifted me to negative, I'm generally not going to make it. Uh, once I get to a certain point, like this point here, I can make this adjustment. Once I get to this point and I make this adjustment, I no longer do anything. I'm basically holding the position. If I if the worst happens, I lose two thousand dollars. If the best happens, you know, you can make 20, 20000 or whatever on the trade. And of course, if I get whipsawed too hard, then I'm out. So if I go to following day here, which is Monday, we get a bit of a down move, but I'm not making any adjustments anymore. Again, because my total risk on the downside is not really an issue. If I go to here, on Tuesday, we get a rebound and we're near the top of the tent. Not a bad day to exit, right? Not a bad day to exit. But uh, if you hold it, again, I'm getting close to having an issue here um, to the upside. So I'm not going to make any adjustments if this goes past here. My, my thing is just to exit if I run into too much of a problem. Um, and then the realities of the market come into play, though. OK, so we had a big gap up on Wednesday morning. That was just yesterday, so if I go an hour here, I generally won't touch these until um, I, I usually won't touch these until about ten thirty. So by the time I get to ten thirty, I look something like this: the market's up eighty dollars, and I'm up five thousand dollars. Usually after ten thirty, it's kind of go time for me on. Right, this is, these are just personal trading rules on how I usually deal with the market on my trades that I'm non-subjective. It's kind of go time here, but the, the damage so is pretty much already done. So what I'm trying to do here, if the market basically jumps up past 80 points much more, I'm just going to exit this out. I'll probably exit it out at three or $4,000 gain. Um, but it just happens to be that this pretty much was the top of the market. If I go into the hour here, you know, we're up 71, that's not really a problem. So as long as I'm hovering under the 80, I'm, I'm usually, I'm pretty much okay. Whoops, I don't wanna do that. Let me go back, shoot. Here. And I was doing 30, right? So um, I'm pretty much okay. So I've got 11.30, I go to 12.30. Um, that's where we stand. And I think everything stays the same. We had a Fed announcement this day, right? So 3:30, uh, we started getting a bit of a pullback. Go to 14:30. We're pulled all the way back to here. We're about 13 885. Um, one of the things we do, especially I do on um, expiration day, is I want to watch the market. Like if we were in a 15 minute price chart, you would have seen we we came up to the um, we came up to the decision. The market sold off after the decision, and then it made a pattern that was bullish after that. So on the first run, I was willing to hold as long as the market's like under plus 80. Uh, On the second run, I'm watching this to see if the market's really going to take off, and if it it looks like we're going to break to a new high, I want to be out right, even if it faint faints that. So um, really nothing there, and I'll just pop this along here. We end up closing this out a little bit early. I did wait till. 1,500 here, about 3 o'clock, and it was actually 5 after 3. We're here, end up closing the position down at uh, plus $14,000, so 14-something thousand. And again, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes the market keeps going. Like You wouldn't want to do this particular strategy in a trending market. Um, you'd want to do more of a roll strategy like Stephen was doing. But uh, in a chop market, this is fantastic for this. I mean, worst case scenario, you, know, you lose almost $2,000. Uh, pretty much best case scenario, you, you run into something like this. So that ended, up be, that ended up being a good trade. And I didn't know how that was gonna work out on the winning trade, but you can see this and all the other trades in this account, which are um, everything from the beginning of this year uh, on here. So you can go to the and see that. And uh, that is my example. So what I'm going to do here is this 2.15, I'm going to jump into questions and answers. I'm going to start with what was in the forums, then I'm going to take a look at the questions that have come in since then. If you have any uh, anything to say, Stephen, please do so. I'll do it. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, so this is just talking about, and he answered, Ray answered this question himself. He just asked, basically asking, do these favorable setups just occur in the SPX or are there other products? Um, and what I would like to point out is these favorable setups are not always existent in the SPX. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And it's the same thing when we go to other products. If we go to the SPY, if we go to uh, equities, sometimes they're present, sometimes they're not. And that's why um, you need to, understand the calendar stra- calendar trade isn't the type of trade where you just arbitrarily stick the trade on with the exact same set of rules with no entry filters or anything like that uh, and expect to win all the time they're just they're not that type of a strategy um, they're very effective they can be extremely profitable but you need to do that properly uh, and like I said sometimes they occur in the SPX sometimes they don't they have been occurring a lot lately uh, and the same thing with the other indexes. You just have to know how you, you have to know what a good setup is, go into the asset, see if the setup's there, and then you run it. Okay. Um, the next question is due to the different expiration cycles between the front and back month, I understand the max profit and break even cannot be exactly calculated on calendar trades and will change as time passes, volatility, et cetera. However, what are entry? Is there a way to estimate these values? Uh, if your what if your software didn't have a PNL graph? Um, well, first of all, you know what you paid for, the, for it, so you know that. Uh, you don't really know. Even your analytical software, by the way, doesn't really know what your um, what your position is going to be worth. Even if it expires at the money, it doesn't know what your position is going to be worth at expiration. The basically what determines the worth at expiration is the amount of time premium left in the back cycle, whatever that happens to be. So they can estimate that using the Black-Scholes formula, basically saying that if nothing else changes, if the price doesn't change, if implied volatility doesn't change, if nothing else changes, this is what it'll be at expiration. But that's going to be updated. And this is why your expiration line moves up and down. That's going to be updated every time the implied volatility changes in the back month. Right? So... Um, So there's really no good way to do that. I mean, there's ways to do it, but it's not simple. Uh, Something, certainly nothing that can be done in five minutes. So you definitely want to have, uh, I would highly suggest you have some sort of analytical software so you can kind of analyze what your graph is doing, which again, is a representation of the back month cycle. And here we have um, some questions here. Uh, what market conditions are unfavorable for these short-term calendar spreads? So it must be referring to the winning trade example. Uh, again, this is a very general question, and this goes back to knowing what, how to, you know, whether you want to ask good questions that are going to produce a an answer that's usable, or an answer that's not. I really can't give you a usable answer to that because the reality is. Is there's so many dynamics that we're looking at when we're determining whether it's going to be a good trade. Um, you know, short-term, long-term calendar spreads is one thing, but you know, how what is the range of the market? What's the implied volatility setup giving you for a range in your calendars? You know, are you choppy? Are you trending? And you can utilize calendars, by the way, in all these environments, but you have to change your adjustment strategies, your entry strategies, and so forth, okay? So there's just too many conditions there You'd have, you know, to give you an answer in a short number. Um, number two is, and this is, a, this is a good question, number two, I really like this one. Um, are there any advantages to putting long leg further out in time, further than three days beyond the short leg, or does that mostly lead to problems? And the reality is, is there are advantages and disadvantages to doing both. There's no general answer that says it's better to have your short your legs closer together or further apart. It all depends on the the implied volatility dynamics of the market at the given time and what you're expecting the implied volatility to do over the next, you know, whatever the duration of the trade is. Now, what I will tell you is, if you spread your, if you put your legs very, very close together, the implied volatility in the two cycles tends to um, react very similar, right? If, if, if the implied volatility goes up a lot in a, um, you know, five days from expiration, it's probably going up pretty much the same in seven days to expiration. That kind of goes away by the way, when you get into expiration day, expiration day is a different animal. That's when actually, um, um, you, know, you have different dynamics and challenges come into play, but you know, assuming you're a little bit further from expiration, you're closer to expiration, your, your days that are closer together are going to produce very similar implied volatility reactions. Um, and if you, as you spread them apart, those reactions can get very drastic. Like, for example, you could get a huge implied volatility increase in something that's 10 days to expiration and have absolutely no effect in 60 days to expiration or 120 days to expiration in the marketplace. Right. So from there, they're pretty much almost completely decoupled. But when you get very, very close, they start to couple. And and to the extent you're close, that's the extent you get, right? Um, And that's going to, again, lead to different types of reactions. If you're further apart, you're going to tend to be more likely to experience a situation where you get a large increase in your front month and your back month never increases, and you you get a big drawdown from an implied volatility increase. That's less likely to happen if you get those numbers really close together. so is the primary edge in this trade? So when, when he refers to this trade, I'm going to make an assumption because it's not specific, okay? He's going, I'm assuming that, Ken, that you're referring to the winning trade trade that we just put out there. Is the primary edge in this trade, the market will either stay within the calendar's tent or reverse back under the tent late in the trade, uh, assuming you reduce the risk half uh, in whichever direction the market was previously moving. So yeah, the the, the this strategy, well, let's put it this way: this strategy has an edge in the market that's choppy that runs back and forth. If you get a trending market that just kind of goes in one direction, this strategy is not going to do well. Again, this is this this goes with knowing your strategy and what it has to do to make money. One of the primary edges in this strategy is, is the risk-reward ratio, right? So you're you're only risking a couple thousand dollars. I mean, it's possible you could lose more than that, but in general, you're only risking a couple thousand dollars to potentially make fourteen thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars right so that allows you if you're willing to lose a trade that allows you to make this big money in a very short period of time when things go your way which they will if the markets choppy okay um, doesn't mean you're going to win every trade but that gives but it's an edge right it is an edge um, that particular strategy that I showed you there um, is is going to lose its edge in a trending market. If you want to look at something that works better in a trending market, look at episode 51, also a calendar strategy, also short-term, but I have a different adjustment strategy with that. That's picking it up and rolling it, which is going to have, um, which is going to uh, be problematic in very choppy market environments. You're going to chop back and forth if you're continually moving your position and the market's just moving back and forth in a range, right? Um, and hitting your edges. That's That's how you lose money by a death by a thousand cuts, as they say. So um, that strategy is going to, again, not have an edge in this market, have an edge in a more trending market like we had last year. And, you know, part of your part of your job as a trader is to be able to understand what your strategy does, where its edge is, what has to happen. In other words, what has to happen in order for this strategy to work out, Um, and understanding when it's gone and how to change your strategy to take advantage of what has ever changed. That's how you become great as a trader, all right? So that is, um, that's those questions. I'm gonna jump into, let me just jump into Q&A for a minute because I have Q&A and I have um, chat. Steven, you have any thoughts? I was
1: gonna say, there's a Jason at uh, probably the 129 mark in the chat has three questions.
0: Okay, you wanna address those?
1: Pretty relevant. yeah, the first one he says, how to choose the long leg when trading the calendar spread, um, for example, the days, weeks, or months away from the short leg. We, we kind of touched on that, right? And it, it, this is always the answer that um, that uh, you'll hear John give and, and I give it as well, especially my students. It depends. What's your objective, right? So if I'm,
0: like, in my example. Well, put it this way, Stephen, right? If you have no. no objective, no one answer is better than the other.
1: Yeah, well said. Well said. Right. So we need to we have to have an objective first and not blindly just put it on. In other words, you know, are you trying to take a take advantage? For example, you trying to take advantage of a specific situation like that, that uh, trade that I played for you all in the slideshow. That could have been an event catalyst trade. Right. Like I put it on the day before the election and I'm just playing. Uh, how I think the implied volatility is going to behave. Or maybe it's a campaign trade. And I identified a range like in my other examples. If there's a range I want to play, then I don't want to do a 14-day trade with the front month strike. I want to do longer. Maybe it's 45, maybe it's 30, maybe it's 90. It depends on where I see the cycles happening in the market. So that's tied to my view of the market, my objective. Um, And in that particular case, I'm going to go try to go for bigger targets. Whereas if uh, I'm going to use a shorter term trade in the front, say 14 days or whatever. I'm going to be taking faster profits because I can put this trade on, assuming that the environment stays the same, over and over again. So, again, it just depends on what you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And then the other question he had is, can we trade calendar spreads in high vol environments? How, how to determine what is high vol, which is? no good trading, calendar spread. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're pretty much in said, as high
0: of as you ever get, like yeah, historically I mean, ever.
1: Yeah. yeah so. I mean, we're in bizarre world as it relates to skew relative to what we've known in the past, right. It's kind of become normal now, but um, yeah, we're in, right. we're in quote unquote high vol, but we have to also pay attention to what's happening with the SKU environment. like I talked about how the market comes in and affects each leg uh, of the calendar spread. So yeah, now I would say that super low vol, like uh, 2017 always comes to my mind, right, John? Where we just have this grinding up market. That's when you you trade reverse calendars, right? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. That's where I was going opposite. with that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do it's the like opposite you don't,
0: you don't want to be in a calendar in the background. You don't want to be in a and normal and it, Yeah. And if you notice that this stuff is that bad, then, then do the opposite, right?
1: right? And that's, that's <laughs> I use that, we use that term MGI, right? Mark, market generated information. If a certain trade isn't working, our edge, that, that was the opening slide that I had in my presentation, has now moved. Someone's moved my cheese. Go find where the cheese is then. if calendar spreads aren't working then reverses are so his Jason's third question how important is it to keep delta neutral when trading calendar spreads Uh, I would say from my experience it's less important than it is um, in our other structures you know our BWBs butterflies our M34Us so on and so forth for me it's more about uh, paying more attention to what's happening to implied volatility, how the calendar spread is behaving. Certainly, delta is a component, but it's not my my dominant thought. It's where is price relative to the ten? You know, am I at the edge of the ten? Am I the center of ten? Am I upper third, lower third? What are my The other thing is too is there's times right. So when we start mm-hmm. being as we start
0: progressing as traders and we take market context into consideration, there's times you do not want to be delta neutral.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you had a great example yesterday in our pro session where let's say you've identified a large range, 200-point range that you think the market's going to be in over the next 30 days. You might enter the trade at the center of the range, which would be out of the money relative to where the SPX is now, right? So let's say the SPX mm-hmm. is at 4000 but you think the center of the range is going to be um, 3750 Well, you might set up the calendar there. Well, that's way out of the money. But it, right. if that's what your objective is and your view, then that's how you're going to, t- that, that delta will obviously be not neutral, but it fits what you're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, one of the biggest problems that time traders have is they don't think about, they don't think about the time. They don't think about where's the <laughs> asset going to be in 30 days and what, and what range is it going to cover? Mm-hmm. They just think of where it is right now. Um, you need to think about the time. Right. What's going to happen? What's most likely to happen in the future? That's how you make money in this business. It's not not by staying Delta neutral. Right. Right. Yeah. So just looking at
1: any other questions, I don't think I see any other questions, John.
0: Oh, there's a whole Uh, bunch of questions here. So, um,
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What I'm going to do here is, uh, let me just quickly show everybody if, uh, if you're interested in the course, just how to get it. And, um, just a quick review here. And then from there, we'll answer the other questions. So a lot of good content coming up here. Let me slideshow from current slide. Is my Am I showing my screen? You are, yeah.
1: I, I am, the, yeah. all right, all yeah. right, all
0: right, so great. So just as a refresher here, um, A comprehensive calendar training, we answer all the questions I'm commonly asked over and over again when it comes to calendar-style trading. We explain thoroughly the myths, realities associated with calendars, extrinsic value composition, the dynamics that make up calendar cost, intent with what determines price of the calendar, the reasons for expiration line shifts, the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic delta, right? So your delta number, interestingly enough, on a calendar... (laughs) Um, you don't have any intrinsic delta on a calendar. It's always zero, right? So um, everything's extrinsic and that does make a difference. And it's just something we talk about in the course. Um, We teach you how to determine which options are responsible for position value shifts, the dynamics that create and shift implied volatility, horizontal and vertical skews, the most important questions to ask when considering calendar spread trades, how implied volatility enters and exits the options chain, which we were told, um, is, has been a critical element in some people's success on learning that. We detailed the conditions when calendars are likely to lose money with implied volatility increases. You want to know that if you want to kind of trade a calendar. Conditions when calendars are likely to make money with implied volatility decreases, when to avoid being in calendars, understanding how analytical software projects the expiration line, how to understand um, uh, how to set pro- uh, expected profit, Profit targets, maximum losses for calendar strategies and trades that you may develop on your own. How to evaluate adjustment strategies, controlling capital in the calendars. Calendar adjustment strategies, multiple examples of winning and losing calendar trades with a complete breakdown of the decision process. We look at double calendars, triple calendars, reverse calendars, using calendars as adjustments on butterflies and broken wing butterflies, all kinds of stuff like that. Nine videos over seven hours of instruction specifically on calendars. Again, retail price, twelve ninety five. Our basic and non-members 10.95. Our go-in trading performance number is 9.95. Pro member is only 8.95. Great value um, if you're interested in doing any of this type of trading or implied volatility, for that matter. So, great stuff there. Again, lockinyoursuccess.com. It's L-O-C-K-E in yoursuccess.com. This is appropriate, by the way. Well, there's a lot of advanced material in it, but it's also something that beginners should understand before they actually start putting money in the marketplace. So um, in in that context, I would say it's appropriate for all levels. And um, to get there, we go to LockingYourSuccess.com, trading courses, again, this is a trading performance course, calendar spreads, and you could pick yours depending on your membership level. Yes, it'll only work if you're a member. Um, or you can come into your uh, membership here, and then go to your your pro discounts directly, or you can go into your your uh, your dashboard here and look for your discounts, and you'll find that there. So that's how you get that. All right, so let's move on here, and I got three new messages, so I'm going to. Just look at those really quickly to see how that is and i don't think i'll put them on my screen but i don't think you can see them right i don't think you can see the chats
1: no we see the the forum
0: okay well i'll just gonna uh, I'll, I'll read them and i'll go from there i'm going to start with a q a um do you provide s- slides with the course we do, it's mostly video so no we don't provide slides everything's in um, primarily in video and then the print material is available you can come and access it and the, one of the reasons we do that is so that we can update the material so if you own the program make sure you come back and check um, I am known to do updates on programs and when I do anybody who owns programs gets the updates so um, so that's that and uh, let's see that's, that's all we have there I think everything else was answered let me go here and um, we're talking about uh, content in the course. The Again, this is a relatively new course. I developed it after COVID. So um, everything's from there. And uh, yeah, recording. You guys will have a recording for a certain amount of time. Um, did you try AM versus PM expiration on calendars? Uh, short AM, long PM. Yeah, so with with um, AM options, so some people may know this, some people may not, I don't know, but we have AM expiration options and PM expiration options. Your PM expiration options are going to um, expire at the end of the day, basically, like or they'll settle like around 4.15 or 15 to half an hour after the trading day. Um, there's not much risk of price movement in there, although the price does move from the closing price sometimes. But Not a whole lot. Your AM options are determined differently. Your AM options are determined the following morning and it's not on the opening price of the asset. It's on the opening price of the assets within the asset Um, and some sort of calculation that they use. And that can be very far from that. So there's more risk in there. Uh, generally, if I want to expire something, I don't want to be in the PM options, unless I'm. Although, although uh, you know, I will say sometimes I will trade that expiration on the PM options. In other words, I'll put a, a trade on right at the end of the day and see where it settles if there's good money in it. Um, but uh, generally speaking, I you know we wouldn't want to. I I would not want to be in a PM option for my short month, uh, for my short cycle. I would rather be in an AM option because they have to pull the money out of it because it's going to be the end of the day. And um, as far as my long one being in PM, that's fine. It can be in PM or AM. It doesn't really matter. Um, okay, so here's another one. Hello, John. I know you said volatility increase doesn't always help calendars. Will you cover an example of this? Uh, there's examples of that in the course. Um the five trades I did in the winning trade episode. Each time my vol increased, your position benefited. That's not actually true, by the way. Um, there were there were several examples within that trade where implied volatility increased, and the uh, where implied volatility decreased, and the position made money. And if you go day to day, you will you will notice that that that's not necessarily true. But in general, because I'm because I have my short leg and my long leg very very close together, for the most part, those are going to tend to react. Um, more positive Vega, because again, you're gonna get, you should theoretically at least get a similar reaction between the two strikes because they're so darn close together. That tends to go away as you get like one day to expiration or on expiration day, that tends to go away. But um, um, that is, um, that's the case. as If you get into these longer spread calendars, 15, 30 days, you're gonna get much different types of reactions. So you wanna keep that in mind. Um, are there any count okay oops. Uh, let's see here a couple of questions this is the one that you just did with Jason Lee
1: and
0: uh, there's this one at the very we- bottom okay
1: most recent
0: yeah, I'll just say if there's anything we didn't cover um Okay, Yeah, Steve um, owns the X4 program. He says it's great information, but we don't get into calendars with X4. That's true, we do not. Be um, here, that's not relevant. I guess that maybe was the end of uh, questions. Okay, Okay, so here's one, the last question. Would I enter a calendar trade on January 24th, 2022 when the market is extended in the VIX spikes uh, and comes back? Uh, I would have to go and, and and look at that date specifically to, to do that. Um, what I can tell you is <laughs> understanding the market and understanding calendars, there is never a time that I wouldn't necessarily that I wouldn't necessarily enter some sort of a calendar trade. It might be short term, it might be long term, it might be um, it might be um, below the money it might be above the money in other words it might not be you know, delta neutral it might be an inverse calendar where i where I sell the calendar instead of buy the calendar' there's, there's great trades you can do with that uh, in certain types of environments or it might be a calendar to combine with a broken wing butterfly what, what i'm what I'm going to do is i'm going to take a look at the context of the marketplace and then i'm going to decide, you know, if you understand your positioning, then you decide what positioning to use. How am, I, how am I going to express my thoughts or gain edge out of a certain marketplace? That's really how you want to deal with that. And um, what are the strategies MXV in your strategies? I do not. Oh, okay. The, okay. the
1: naming convention.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go
1: ahead. Steven. Yeah, M3. X4,
0: yeah, yeah. So M, yeah. they're just different series of trades. So yeah. we have our M, our M trades were started out method four, method five. Yeah. Uh, X four is just a different variation or a different style of trading. As is
1: SPX. Yeah. it's just a naming convention.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing, nothing that, nothing that anybody's going to gain from it from, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> from knowing what they mean. So, yeah.
1: um, we wanted to stay away from naming them after animals and lizards and <laughs> butterfly or dragonflies and all that other stuff
0: right right right. all right well i guess that's all we have so unless you have any other comments steven
1: no that's it i, I hope everybody take th- thanks for everybody attending i hope it at least um gained some kind of new understanding of the complexities of calendars uh they certainly don't have to be complex once you have uh, the understanding of how they behave so they would be a great great asset to your toolkit
0: yeah, I mean, you know, if anything else, you just you it's like with any learning process. If when you when you get into it, you don't really know what you don't know. And 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 the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Right. So right. Um, and, and I know, you know, we, we hit on a lot of stuff today. Um and and I know a lot of people just want to come in and look at trades and they're looking for a certain set, set of trade rules. And if you've been having trouble making money, it's because that's that's your approach to the marketplace you're looking for trades and looking for a set of trade rules, The when the reality is you need to understand context and understand the positioning and so forth. And you need to realize what you don't know. Um, and you know, hopefully you got a little bit of that here. And like I said, I hope this bit with webinar, whether you decide to get the course or not, I hope it benefits you. And you know, we wish you well in your trading.
1: Thank you. Trade well.
0: Yep, trade well, as Stephen said. And thank you for joining us, everybody. Hope to see you out there in the trading world. Thanks, guys. Thank you.